The following podcast is for mature audiences only. Hey, what's up? This is Dr. J from What's the Remedy Podcast. You listen to the Kim Trails Podcast. Today's podcast is dedicated to the late, great Queen Mother Dr. Frances Cress Wesley. She was a world-renowned psychiatrist and author to the book, The Isis Papers, The Keys to the Colors. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome to the Kim Charles Podcast. I'm your host, Mo Chris, along with Trader Dre and AP. What's up? Good. And today, guys, we got our special guest. We got Dr. J from What's the Remedy Podcast. Uh, say something to, to the listeners. What's going on, guys? Just here to enjoy the show along with you. Oh, right, 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 right on, right on. But anyway, we back, we back, everybody, and we back for a good show today. First, I'm gonna let my boy Trader Dre have the floor or the mic, rather. And uh, let's tell us about your trip, man. It was a long trip, and we just so glad to have you back. Welcome back, Trader Dre. Man, I appreciate y'all, fellas. I appreciate y'all. Again, was uh, off in Taiwan to go see the family kids down there they got a chance to see their grandparents and and some of the other side of their family that you know ain't united states but side and it was uh it was beautiful man it was absolutely beautiful and i mean if i had to put it into a couple of different like buckets i would say you know we got exposed to a little bit of culture which i think was fascinating and wonderful at the same time really kind of inspiring i mean it's um a lot of times you you know you don't see everybody just the culture that's like just unapologetically who they are, right? And a lot of times I'm like, man, if I could see that same empowerment in our own people, that that pride in ourselves and that and, and that that taking back of our history, it's funny, you know. A lot of people in Taiwan, you know, a lot of people try to group them in with China, but at the same time they separate themselves purposely. And they say that they they are you know a unique people, right. and they hold they could they hold their own culture and their own history apart. So I thought that was fantastic. Other thing, man, I got to say, man, the coronavirus. Yeah, because I was going to ask that next. <laughs> man, it's crazy walking around there, and it's like you see you know hundreds of thousands of people every day, and they all got the masks on, man. Mm. It's it was kind of crazy, man, and then. It was weird for me because it was like, at first when I got down there, I was getting all these looks because I was the only black guy around. Oh yeah. Then after a while, I ran out of masks, and then I was getting weird looks because everybody was like, "Man, this motherfucker crazy, man. He ain't got no mask <laughs> on. What's wrong with him? <laughs> he, he trying to kill us, y'all." Nah, nah, <laughs> they were picking. <laughs> oh oh man. man, that's like a. It's like a, a weird alternate universe where it was like, man, they looking at me like, you know, what's wrong with this black guy? How come he don't have a mask on when he walk in this store? You know, there's <laughs> a little twist on, on reality. And um, I'll just say, man, you know, the biggest takeaways, man, it was interesting for me. And you know me being Trader Dre, I'm always going to take that financial look at it, that, that economic yeah. look at it. It was amazing to me to see a culture and a people that's about 35 million people all living on an island, probably mm. about four times smaller than Florida with a big world-scale economy. And I, the only thing I could think was, it's about 35 million African-Americans in the United States. We mm. technically have a bigger economy if we was to put it together. Why the hell are we not cycling our shit the same way mm -hmm. and in the same manner? So. It's just one of those things. It was, a, it was a big takeaway. It was an amazing thing to see. And uh, again, man, between that and getting back through customs and all of that stuff, right. man, and the screenings and everything like that, man, just glad to be home. So. Man, we we glad you home too. And and it was crazy because like we we ain't gonna have a lot of time to talk about it. But you had mentioned the economic part of Taiwan. I remember growing up, everything used to say "made in Taiwan," and now it's "made in China." Mm -hmm. So. 
you know, I was like, hey, like I said, we ain't got much time, but... <laughs> hey, that, that's, hey, that's time for another day, uh, bro. Man, <laughs> is it? Oh, my boy AP, man. AP, what you got for what's on your mind, brother? Man, I'm still tripping about that Kobe stuff. I know it's it's a while back now, but still, only reason why I'm tripping about it is because I feel like, I mean, he was it was a huge impact to the to our culture for sure but i mean just as a, i look at it as a father standpoint i mean kobe bryant had was it four daughters or five four i think he got four four yeah four daughters mm-hmm. i mean he's in his prime you know his middle daughter gianna is you know becoming a beast on a basketball scene and then next thing you know they gone you know so yeah. it's like man you just gotta live every day like it's your last man i think we take a lot of stuff for granted, you know, and like I say, they say you never know what you have till it's gone. And I think that's that's just hitting with me right now because of the fact that, you know, like if you're not happy or if you're not satisfied with what's, what's going on or if something's affecting you, then you need to make a change because, like, you know, you don't really have, mm-hmm. you know, every day is not guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? I might, something might happen to me tomorrow and then it's like, okay, did I do everything I was supposed to do or do everything I was meant to do? And that just, that's just, it's just touching me right now, man, because I feel like Kobe wasn't done. You know, he was just getting started. And then next thing you know, he's gone. So now that legacy is, you know, somebody else's now. You know, I feel like he didn't get to finish it. And I, I just, I mean, I'm not scared, but it's like, you know, what if that happens to me or you or somebody else? Like, you know, we just now getting this stuff going. What if something happened to us tomorrow? We didn't get to finish our story. Yeah, Kobe touched us all. I'm not sure if y'all looked at the All-Star game yesterday. It was... It was one of the best all-stars, especially that fourth quarter. They say they just said Kobe's spirit must have been in the air because the game was so exciting or whatever. But I, I mean, I'm just a basketball fan, so I'm just I'm always a loss for words. You know, people handle death and stuff differently, and and we and sometimes people be like, you know, you shouldn't. Why 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 we mourn people we never met? You know, so. But I just like, hey, you know that it just. I guess it's just human connection. I don't know what I'm saying with that or whatever, but. No, I know what you're saying. Like I said, I relate to it from a father's standpoint, you know, because he was a father. He had daughters. I have daughters. So I, I related to him for, for that standpoint. Yeah. I was going to say, it's it's really like, you, it just puts death in perspective. So that's why it kind of touches a lot of people. Because mm-hmm. you got to really think like, that's somebody you don't expect to die. Yep. And so when he died, it was like, it everybody by surprise. Yep. Yeah, and another thing, man, you don't have to know somebody to mourn a loss. If you, when you see a great talent, and when you see uh, someone who works hard and strives, and when you see someone that is like an inspiration, there's no reason why you should not mourn that. Especially in our community, when you see somebody that works hard for something and achieves something because of it, that's more a reason to mourn it. Because just like AP said, you know, that's the cutting short of a story. That could have been much, much longer and could have had a greater impact. Right, right. So, uh, Dr. J, you got anything for what's on your mind? Honestly, man, I think it's been on my mind, too, because I just had, like, a conversation about that. I was talking to one of my homeboys, and he was saying that um, he was kind of getting tired of, because he was, like, a big Kobe fan. But he's, like, every time he see another tribute, it, like, brings the feelings back up again. And so yeah. he's like, man, he just kind of wishes he stopped seeing so many tributes because mm-hmm. it, it makes him feel worse. Because every time you look up, it's another Kobe tribute, and it's like, okay, we we gotta, we still gotta get through the memorial. So yeah, it's kind of up for people. Yeah, that memorial two twenty four, man, man, man. So that's gonna be hard for a lot of people. Yep. But I'm trying to think what else was on my mind. Uh, one of the things I thought of, like right before y'all called, was. And it's kind of along the lines of mental health, but like this, the the shame culture. There's like there's no shame in anything, so yeah. like it's hard for people to really, I don't know, like deal with the things that that, that are really a problem. Like if weight is your problem, but no, can't nobody say nothing to you about your weight, mm. then you don't feel like you gotta fix anything. So like nobody feels like they gotta fix anything anymore because they're like, well, I don't want to be the one to tell mm. them that they need to fix it. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of bothers mm-hmm. me sometimes too, because sometimes you need somebody to tell you, "Hey, you need to change this about your life or whatever." I, mean, I got a perfect story, but we'll say that for 
when we when we get done with the episode dealing with that shame culture in Germany. J Dog, you you know who it is too. Mm, yeah, we'll yeah. say that for later though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh man, low down, dirty shame. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to join us and subscribe at www.chemtrails.mn.co. All right, guys, we're back. We're back for the takeoff. And today's for the takeoff, we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to let Dr. J. Well, first of all, I'm going to let him introduce himself properly to everybody. And uh, yeah, go ahead uh, and say what's up to uh, the Chemtrails family out there. What's up, family? Yeah, this is Dr. J from What's the Remedy Podcast. Uh, I always have to give the disclaimer that Dr. J is a, a moniker. I do not have a doctorate. I am a licensed mental health professional, though. But I have to give that disclaimer because, you know, you can't let people think that this is some kind of a, a stand-in for any type of therapy. Uh, we're going to discuss some mental health stuff, but at the end of the day, if anything triggers you, it should be something that you discuss with the therapist directly. So I, I would advise everybody, if, if you ever have any types of troubles, go ahead and reach out to some type of a therapist. But we're going to have a good conversation just about mental health in general for right now. So I'm excited about it. Man, man, I'm excited too, man. We've been wanting to have you on the show. For a long time, we, you know, so we glad that you bless us today with your presence, you know. No so, doubt. You know, so we just going to go right into it. You know, um, we're going to start with, well, first, you know, just a, a quick definition for everybody out there that a lot of people are confused about what's the difference between mental health and mental illness. Okay, so basically, so the big thing is everybody talks about mental health. But mental health is just like a general thing. Like if you, you know, you have depression, uh, you're dealing with a lot of things, stress at work, any of those things can be considered mental health. But mental illnesses are things like where you get diagnosed with something severe, like mm. schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, manic depressive. Those are like real serious mental illnesses. And so I think people try to use general terms saying, okay, I have some issues. I need to talk about them. Serious diagnosis. I don't have no thing where, you know, I need to take medication or anything like that, but I need to work on keeping my mind healthy. So it, mental health is basically just like it says, it's keeping your mind healthy. It's, it's you know, like like health for your physical health. Your physical health, you work out, you know what I'm saying? You you go to the doctor, you're not sick, but mm -hmm. you still got to keep your health up. You know what I'm saying? So mental health is just a general term saying that, you know, I got to keep my mind right. Not that anything's wrong with it, just keeping it together, keeping it fit. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's a little different from mental illness. And I think yeah. that's what scares people when they talk about mental health is that oh, I don't want to go to some therapist because man, I ain't, you know, I ain't hearing voices or nothing. You know what I'm saying? So like you don't have to be hearing voices to need to talk to a therapist. And that's what people think. Like, oh, he got split personality or some shit. That ain't that ain't necessarily just mental health stuff. That's mental illnesses. Yeah. Sometimes Right, right. And, and do you think it's like, is it like, is this a new thing, this emergence of everybody's trying to bring awareness to mental health issues? Or you think it's just a trend that everybody just latching on to? Is it a real problem? Like, what's going on out there? I think that like, with the, with the, like you said, the kind of the surge of social media, yeah, adds to the idea because now you've seen people and what their thoughts are all the time. So since people okay. are always putting their thoughts out there, everybody's like, well, damn, there's something wrong with the way that dude thinking. Like, you know, what, what's wrong with him? What, why he think that way? And so, like, but before, you weren't really privy to everybody's thoughts. So mm. I think now that you see it, it's become more of a big thing. Okay, what, what can we do to work on people's thought processes? And then, like, you know, because we have access to all people's lives, we start seeing people when they actually commit suicide and 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? You start seeing people's deaths and, you know, and, and we have so much information coming at us all the time that now it's kind of being a thing where people are actually looking and trying to figure out, well, what, what the hell is going on in the world? And that's probably why it's gotten so big now. But, it, you know, mental health has always been a thing. It's just most people have this stigma thinking that it's only for certain people when it's not, you know, because now we're seeing regular people. Like when Robin Williams committed suicide, it was like, you know, where'd that yeah. come from? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you're seeing normal people going through some crazy shit. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, how'd they get to that point? So I think that's where the surge came from. So I got a question concerning that. And I mean, this is kind of a leading based on a lot of the stuff you just kind of you touched on with this social media culture you see a lot of people embracing these extremes you get what i'm saying so like these different ideas where it's like they feel like they get rewarded with viewership and and and, and with subscribers when they have these extreme and kind of off the wall things so how, how does somebody kind of identify when you know when maybe they might have some problems when the rest of the world is telling them, oh man, yeah, you bringing light to something nobody else is seeing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really a personal, it's really a personal thing. It's more or less, if, you, if you're dealing with something that you're not really finding a resolution for it yourself. Because a lot of things, I mean, some things I give you, you know, you're gonna be able to work through on your own. But when you start seeing a, a trend with something or like something is always something like relationships is a big thing. So like if you constantly seeing problems in your relationship, like you constantly arguing, it seems like you have the same arguments with different people, then it's probably something that you need to like look more into. Like, okay, why? Why am I agnes? Why does this shit piss me off so much? Like little things be making you upset. Why do I get so mad at that stuff? Like it, it, when you start seeing little things like that, that's kind of when you start to that's the time where you need to, okay, well, I need to see about seeing somebody professional that can help me kind of decipher what I've been thinking. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Dr. J, how do you, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. This is coming like from the, I guess you could say like the, the wokish community, like, mm -hmm. uh, the, the people that probably, I'm not saying that don't believe in like the doctor side, but how do you like, uh, get them to, I guess, admit that, you know, that they have an issue of like, man, you might need to actually go see a doctor. Like this ain't no something that on some conscious stuff you'll be able to conquer. You need to actually like physically go see a doctor. You know, this ain't something you're just going to be able to do on your own. You know what I'm saying? For like the wokest community. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like what I was saying. Like um, like if your stomach hurting and you feel like you just got to go boo-boo real quick, dog, like you go take shit <laughs> and like, <laughs> like that, that clears it all up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like feel like that maybe you don't need to go see a doctor right yeah so, like if you if you constantly if you go take a shit you come back the next day your stomach still hurting and it, it's like you can't eat and shit like that sometimes <laughs> you be like Damn, i need to i need to go see a doctor about this dog. like yeah. <laughs> this shit ain't changing it's kind mm -hmm. of the same thing with your mind like if, if you constantly having the same problem you think you fixed it and then you go back and it happens again Probably need to talk to somebody. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the best analogy I can give people. You know what I'm saying? You got to know what you see. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is you can't, like, meditate your way through that. You need to actually get that stuff fixed. I, I won't say you can't meditate your way, but I will say that if you're meditating and you still feel like ain't nothing changing... Yeah. You need to go see somebody. Probably need... Yeah. Yeah. You need a little extra after that. <laughs> just a whole lot of shit okay <laughs> so so it sounds like you really kind of are, are an advocate of of starting with like self-reflection and i guess like because you got to do a lot yeah. of self-analysis you got to know yourself to say i've reached the point where i can't do anymore and i need that right. helping hand so yeah how do people get to that first step there it's it's just basically what you said is self-reflection like i said before like i, I like to use sick so if i can constantly do something about it and I'm, I'm able to work through it on my own then that's fine because what you do when you go to a therapist is they just help you go through your self-reflection most of the time unless it's something serious then you got to get medicine mm. because is analyze all they're gonna do is look at what you're telling them and say okay this is what you possibly could be causing it you know what i'm saying so it's all gonna come down to what you feel so 
AP kind of mentioned that, that, you know, for the wokish community, mm-hmm. that fear of someone trying to detract their thoughts and their, and, their, and their mental state from where they currently are and trying to, you know, kind of propaganda them towards the, the mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I look at that and I say, how, how do you know you've got a good, like, partner, i.e., you know, therapist? How do you know you've got somebody you can trust with with what you bring into the table? I would say, I always tell people, looking for a therapist, like, you know, and like, you're going to go through, you might even go through a couple of them and be like, nah, they ain't, they ain't matching what I'm saying. So let mm-hmm. me talk to somebody else that like maybe understands me a little bit better. I'm saying you don't want to go to your first therapist and they mm-hmm. tell you everything you said is wrong when you know something ain't right about what they saying. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like dating somebody. If you don't click, that ain't the person you need to be with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that's an interesting <laughs> way of saying it because it, it you really are kind of describing that you, you're about to develop a, a mental connection with this person. So this is an intimate relationship regardless of of the fact that it's not going to be a physical thing. This is a, a mental and emotional relationship. So it is powerful and, and almost as, uh, almost as powerful as having a, a, a real relationship. So I get that. So yeah. Speaking of relationships. Oh, I got one. Um, yeah, Mo Chris. No, because because y'all had say relationships, and I was like, because I always wanted to say, because you know how they say most relationships don't work out because of uh, finances or whatever. Sometimes I'll be thinking, what about the it's the mental? Because sometimes two people just may not be on the same frequency. Mm-hmm. So, like, can you expound upon like how does how does somebody find somebody on their level? And we we always think about the physical tangibles when we're talking about level, like, you know, money and all this. But we're talking about how you find somebody with the same mental state as you. The, at the end of the day, therapy and relationships is all going to come down to communication. So mm-hmm. if you can talk to that person and see where they're coming from, it makes a difference. That's why we do a lot of, like, relationship counseling. If you ever do relationship counseling, your relationship counselor is just going to try to get y'all to see each other from whatever point of view. So if y'all are not clicking, then y'all may not be fit to be together, but if it should be that y'all are good, y'all just need to figure out, oh, you just not, you're not understanding me from where I'm coming from. And that's what a therapist would do. They're going to say, okay, you hear what they're saying, but you don't understand them. You know and so it's just going to come down to that communication. Communication is key for everything. So, you mentioned earlier that you know taking care of mental health should be just as important as taking care of physical health and and vice versa i just like to get your take on it man because i noticed that with my insurance company i don't see a lot out there for for like you know they'll tell me oh you got to go get an annual physical and you know mm-hmm. the doctor, check your heart rate check your your blood pressure check all the things that you know check the box on how i'm doing physically how come we don't have nothing like that for mental health where it's like, hey, you got to go get a checkup. You got to go do some some some, you know, examinations and figure out, you know, is your mind where it needs to be? And here's some things you need to do to keep making sure it's sharp. How come we don't see that from insurance companies in your mind? It, to me, it still comes down to just the stigma of not wanting to be the person that has to go see a shrink. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, everybody thinks of when, when I have to go see a shrink, shrink, there's something wrong. And like, they don't look at mental health doctors like they do regular doctors. Because regular doctors, we trust with our physical health. But nobody really thinks that deeply about mental health. They do little things like all employers have like EAP programs, the employee assistance programs, where they'll, they'll pay for you to see a doctor, a mental health professional like three times a year. But nobody really takes advantage of that because nobody pushes it. But there's there's ways out there to do it, but nobody pushes it because the stigma of, I don't want to sound crazy, so I'm not going to go see no mental health professional. But it's really something that you can do every year. They give you the ability to do it. Nobody pushes it, though. Mm. Mm. That's a good question. Yeah, it really mm. was. Right, right. Because 
I'm pretty sure my insurance don't cover this shit either. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, it got me scamming through it. Like, damn, I need to get on Xperity. <laughs> like, it It took me becoming a mental health professional to actually look into that stuff. Because I didn't know that my insurance, I had to go back and look. Because somebody was telling me about the EAP program, and that's why they came in to see us. And I was like, well, shit, do I have an EAP program? And so I looked. Then we do. It, they pay for us to see a mental health professional three times. Nobody pushes it. Hey, I got a question there, Jay. As far as like the the people that you see like on a daily basis, is there like more of a highly Caucasian population versus African American population, or is it like you know what's the what's the demographics when it comes to this uh, mental health? Like who, who's the biggest customers or consumers of this mental health from your experience? For me, because I work with a lot of kids, I see a lot of minority kids, but mm -hmm. adults, they're usually called, okay, you know, because as an adult, minorities don't really push for that. Okay. Like, I'll see the kids. Right. They'll, they'll take their kids in, the kid being bad in school, they've been throwing chairs at the teacher and stuff like that, and right. so they take them in to go see a counselor. But like an adult dealing with depression in our community, they're not fixing to go see no mental health professional about it. You know what I'm saying? But white people will. <laughs> so what, what kind of things are you seeing, like, amongst the kids? Like, if you had to take a sample size and say, you know, of the minority students that you see, them, you know, the patients, I'm sorry, not students, but patients that you yeah. see, what's kind of some of the trends that you see as far as what's affecting and impacting their behavior, they, you know, their ability to adapt to society, all these things that we know mental health plays a big part in? For me, because I see a lot of Medicaid kids, and so if anybody don't know about Medicaid, Medicaid comes from like welfare recipients and stuff like that, because they Medicaid pays for a lot for kids that are on welfare. So you see, I see a lot of home environment problems that are causing problems in school. So like I, I saw a kid that parents had both been on drugs, and so like he was in and out of the foster care system, but then the parents had finally got him back. But when he got back with the parents, the parents were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And so the kid been acting out in school. And then the, the principal of the school was like, y'all need to get him some help. And Medicaid pays for that. And Or I'll see like court-appointed kids where they get, they get locked up in juvie. And when they get out, they need them to go see a counselor. So then I'll go, I'll get a lot of those kids too. So those, that's the predominant, you know, patient that I'll see out of the kids. single-family households. That's not to demean that household. White supremacy is saying, I'm taking away the conditions for enhancing Black masculinity. I'm taking away the conditions through which you might produce soldiers to carry on activity on your side of the chessboard. In addition, since I have your situation so strung out and you watch more television than anybody else, I'm gonna serve up to you men dressed as women. And I'm gonna have you sit there in your frustration women and male children and serve up laughingly in your face black men dressed as women do you all understand me this is a serious war
All right, guys, so we're back. We're going to head into our cruising altitude, and we're just going to keep the conversation going. So, Jay, yeah, uh, we left off on, on talking about the kids, and and that, and that I'm glad, too, because from your, I don't know if I should say your opinion or whatever, but what is what is these, the minds of these young kids now? Like, because... I mean, they just different. I mean, they all, you know, all young people are different. But I'm just saying, like, what's going through these kids' heads now? <laughs> like, well, for me, it's the fact that kids have so many influencers. You know, back back when we were younger, we didn't really have social media and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. our only real influences were going to be our friends, our family, and family friends, church, something like that. Those are our influences. But with them, mm-hmm. they get influence all over the world constantly yeah. on a regular basis so they don't even know what to do with all that information half the time them up right because I, I mean i hate to bring this up but uh, uh, lizzo because i remember i was listening to one of your podcasts <laughs> y'all was getting on it too but <sighs> and this she twerking again but it's it's damn near porn now and so oh and, god no right and and so our kids are <laughs> Are looking at this, and so we, we know that the social media age. I know we can't keep them from watching everything, but now it's like okay, it's like we gotta play on the okay. Well, we know you see this, but but it's mm-hmm. like they're not gonna interpret it the what you were saying because it's so much coming at them with like you said with all the stuff on social media and, and school shootings, and it's just so much that these kids have to go through now so i mean man i'm sorry (laughs) for the kids because they have so many influences it's really going to come down to if you're a parent you're gonna have to talk to your kid about what they see constantly like almost every day because they're gonna see some shit you ain't even seen before so you got to talk to them be like okay what you think and i think a lot of parents they're scared of that they scared of that conversation. They, okay. they don't know what to say, so they they just like, no, nah, I'm just not going to talk to them about it. No, I, I, think you, I think you're on something big there, man, because, I mean, I think about what helps shape a worldview, and it's like, yeah, when I was growing up, everything was kind of narrowed down to my family, my church, my school, and, and then I was exposed to the world in small bits until I was old enough to kind of handle everything that was coming at me and like you said these kids are getting exposed to a worldview all the time every day all day and and the way that they process it is not the way an adult would process it so i mean i'm 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 trying to understand you know to a degree with all this exposure and all this information like you said coming at them um do you do you think you see and it's just in your professional you know, experience, your expertise. Are you seeing like a disconnect with real, with, you know, reality versus this perceived reality that social media kind of gives this, this almost like cartoon-like sense of, you know, of, of almost invulnerability that's instilled in, instilled in these kids now? Because it feels like, to me, I see so many cases where it seemed like they just they want to talk people into suiciding and bullying them and stuff like that. And they know there's no consequences because can't nobody get through social media channel to who they are personally and pop them in the mouth. You know what I mean? So, right. I, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, like you touched on it already back in our day, it was, there were certain things that were just grown folk conversation. And mm-hmm. now it's like you gotta have a grown folk conversation with the kids because they seeing grown folk stuff. So you can't, can't really be like, oh, well, I, I'll give you an example: the Dwayne Wade situation. Oh so, yes, yes. Oh man. So like, you can't just avoid it and be like, oh well, nah, that ain't nothing you need to worry about right now. Like, nah, you gotta talk to them about it. If you feel differently, you gotta talk to your kids about it because they gonna see it regardless. So you gotta have and y'all gonna have to educate me. What what is the Dwayne Wade situation? What oh man, you've been about? under What's a rock. Hell yeah, yeah, I have been. What the hell's going on here? Damn, Trader Trade. You was gone oh, yeah. too long. Yeah, really <laughs> no, this stuff been going on for a minute though, even before he left. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it just it got big now. 
Well, basically, real quick, I think that's Dwayne Middle's son, right? Or his anyway, Dwayne Wade's son just got his what they just changed his name legally. It's Zaya or Zaya or some. But anyway, his son is like only like ten. No, he might be older than that. Ten or twelve. Twelve now. Yeah, it be going on so we didn't watch this boy grow up. But he be twitching and, and stuff. But anyway, the issue is that we have a problem. Is it's not that you recognizing that your son is gay or whatever. That's not the problem. But it's the sexualization of young kids, which I have a problem with. Now that's his yeah. son. But you remember that runway when he was run doing the runway, he was twitching. Oh man. You don't okay. even have your little girl doing that. That's all we yeah, saying. switching their hips and stuff like that for the walk. Man, no, I can't. Right. Can't see that kind of stuff. Uh, right. And it's like the only person I want to see comment on this. It's only one person I want to hear opinion so bad. Is uh oh because y'all are basketball heads too. Is Magic Johnson? Because Magic <laughs> Johnson got a son, EJ. Y'all know EJ. Yeah, and so, but EJ wasn't doing all that. What the Wayne Wade son is doing, I'm just saying. I'm like, hey, Magic Johnson, talk to your boy D Wade. That's all I'm trying to say. Somebody get something right around here, anyway. Man, but with D Wade, it's it's to another level because his yeah. son said female. Like he's not even just gay. He said, I am a female. So yeah. you got to, and if you should, your kids see that. Then you got to talk to your kids about it. You can't just be like, oh, well, that ain't, you ain't worried about sexual stuff. You only 10. Like, no, at 10, you got to talk to them now because they see it. Damn. Mm, I don't think he did that plug yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, real names. Yeah. Real names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we say I said real names. You, you said, said my Well, yeah. we was done already. Yeah, yeah we got him, <laughs> but he you said you said plug, that's the end of your deal. Me well, no, that's because I was letting him know, you know, how deep our relationship <laughs> goes, man. Yeah, let, I gotta let him know. I don't know him as Dr. J. I know yeah. Aka Thriller. Oh, okay, <laughs> let's, let's make sure we cut this out. I leave that shit in there. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not gonna put that in there. Hell, yeah, no. This uh, man finna be getting house calls. Like, I, I heard your real name. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook stalked you. Since we're on the mental thing, I know we were, we kind of segue into uh, D-Way some, but as far as like people that's like LGBT or whatever, um, growing up, how is, because I know you see these kids come in and out, is it harder to deal with those kids? Do they have more of a, more like they need more attention than other kids or what's your opinion on that? No, I mean, like at this point, all the kids have things that they're dealing with and you have to be careful about how you approach those things because even now, like a lot of that stuff is taken out of diagnosis because homosexuality used to be a diagnosis. It's not anymore. Mm -hmm. So like it, it's something that's normal now. So you got to be able to address it just as who they are and see if you can address any of their other concerns outside of that. You can't make that. Oh, well, oh, you think you're a girl? Let's figure out why. No, you got to figure out what, what other issues may they be having. Are they having depression issues? Is there some kind of trauma they're dealing with? Because it may have nothing to do with that at all. They just kind of been, they, they, that's who they are now. So, so it makes it a little bit harder to deal with that. So has there no, never been like a, a study done on why we, why we feel like we need to expose kids to stuff like, and, and I'm a big proponent of this. I don't like the idea of sexuality being exposed to kids. I'm a father. I have girls. And I don't want them exposed to sexuality, period. Homosexuality, heterosexuality, none of it. I don't want them exposed to it 
before they meant, you know, I see kids now, they're exposed to it and their minds are having to deal with, with the concepts that their bodies are not even ready to deal with. And it used to be your body would be ready and then you say, hey, what's happening to me? <laughs> you know, that's mm-hmm. when the conversation started, when your body was ready. Now we mm-hmm. have a conversation and we're trying to put these concepts in people's minds and they're trying to figure it out before their body is even ready. I feel like we're putting the cart before the horse in, in, in so many ways. And are we not seeing that this is causing some of the problems? I guess. I don't know. That's, that's exactly how I feel. And I'm not even a father yet, but I deal with enough kids that I know how that feels. But I think that, like you said, so so many people are putting the car before the horse that you got to get your kid ready to see that. Because like when they're not with you, they had, most kids are in school like eight hours out of the day. Yeah. So even if you expose them to it, somebody might. So you got to have them ready for it. And that's why we have to have those tough conversations with them. Because even if you're like, no, nah, I don't want them to ever see that, they might go to school, somebody pull their cell phone out. Hey, have you seen this? And now they coming back home with questions that you got to answer. So, man, I just want to comment, man. Just, just the the different times. So when I was growing up, middle school is probably, man, I probably can count on one hand how many gay people was in my middle school. Like the whole entire middle school, even in high school, you could count on probably one hand, maybe two, depending on what area you was at. How many uh, homosexual people was in your in your in your whole school? But now it's like damn near. I won't say half, but I mean it's it's a it's an alarming rate, and all reason why I say this is because I'm trying to figure out, you know, like what happened between the time I was in middle school and high school versus the time now. Like what changed? Like what 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 pushed this? You know, what I'm saying what what caused you know for us to go from you know, because back then like people were scared to come out. You know, what I'm saying you might get beat up. Mm-hmm. Now you getting beat up. If you make fun of them, you know what I'm saying? It's like it done flipped. It's, mm. it's all like, but like Dre was saying, it's not just homosexuality exposure, it's sexuality in general exposure. I see fifth graders that are pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Sexuality in general has been exposed more. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you got it. They all day. So now you got to be able to handle that. So that's why it's, it's like a growth because shit, if I see porn when I'm in the fourth grade, now I know how it works. I know yeah. how my penis works. Yeah. Let me try it out. You know what I'm saying? So Damn. that's why homosexual everything is just about exposure now. Damn, fifth grade? Yep. What grade your what grade your oldest in, Effie? Uh fourth. Oof. Here we go. The little Shit, I tell you what, the y'all gonna see my ass on the news. I tell you that hey. much. Hey. <laughs> hey, I'll be just playing it for you too. Hey, hey, yeah. that, that man had every right to kill him. <laughs> I'm gonna be on the goddamn news. I'm telling you right now, straight up. I'm telling you, the little girl, little girl was 11 years old. Her boyfriend was 12. So Damn. both of them had already hit puberty. So it works. Damn. All they, all they bother. You know what I'm saying? They don't yeah, know. Their bodies just gotta be ready. They ain't, their mind ain't gotta be ready though. And that's the Dang. So, that's why I say those conversations are important early now. All right. So I'm gonna take this in a little bit of a different direction, but I mean, and I'm hoping that this ain't gonna gonna skew some of the audience and make them feel like we we against anybody or anything like that. But AP mentioned earlier, he was asking what kind of the, the breakdown the demographic was between um, what what you were seeing in terms of your clientele and what, what others in your profession would be seeing. I, I'm of this mindset that there is a very clear-cut agenda that is out there to kind of destroy the Black mind and particularly, particularly destroy Black masculinity. And I'm wondering how much of this mental health issue are we seeing used as a weapon against our young men to kind of change their perspective on on what they should be and what they really are i think that i think that for myself i've had to learn to look at masculinity on a spectrum and it's gonna sound bad but you kind of look at masculinity on a spectrum because like if, if we push one way all the time, then you'll get pushed back because of 
that's the way society operates now. So if you like, this is what makes a man, then they be like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? And what about that? And so mm. I, I don't know if it's necessarily an agenda from anybody particular, but I know that if we don't get ahead of it and actually talk about, okay, well, you can still be a man if you do this, but this is where I draw the line. This is, and it's going to be like a household thing. It's going to be on your own household more. This is where I, that's where you draw the line, then that's what you have to teach. But at the same time, you got to be ready for, you have so much more influence than you now. So if that's where you draw the line, okay, if your kid does this, you also don't want them to be feel disowned because they'll be shunned more so not just by society, but now they feel like they're shunned by you too. And so now they're like, they're dealing with a lot more issues than just sexuality or anything like that. It's now they get into depression because they think nobody got their back because they ain't figured themselves out. Society crazy. And my daddy don't like me either. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I, I think it's an agenda. Matter of fact, I know it's an agenda because we see in gay sandwiches. I know y'all seen that sandwich that went viral on the internet. And it had the little gay prize. It's just a little corner store sandwich. You know, the little nasty ass sandwiches that you don't buy at the damn corner store. <laughs> yeah. I, the damn pitch look the mother nah, I, she I, I had think, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Their little rainbow color. Yeah. You know, like come on, man. We gotta get a gay sandwich now. Okay. I uh, hope y'all don't think that was insensitive, but the making of that damn sandwich was even more insensitive. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, I'm, I'm with Chris. It's it, it is an agenda because uh I know y'all well, if you ain't seen it's a video on YouTube of this a black scientist. And he's showing you how you can, he's basically making frogs gay. And he's putting his stuff in a water. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Sure. And that's the same stuff that they putting in the water system now. And I think that, like I said, this goes back to my earlier question when I said that when I was in middle school, that, you know, it was only probably, you probably count one hand how many homosexual is versus now. And I think it's because they, the push is so much stronger. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like uh, Dr. J said, they uh they more exposed to it, you know what I'm saying? So when you're exposed to it on TV, when you're pushing stuff through the water system, when you're pushing stuff in the air, when you're putting stuff, people on, med on med uh, medicine and stuff like that, that they don't need to be on, that's high in estrogen, or they eating this food, you know what I'm saying? You know, that, that, that's just the conspiracy theory, Sammy, he's talking right now, y'all, so y'all just got to forgive me for that. But all I'm saying yeah. is I, I agree with Mo Chris that it's an agenda going, and it's the it's target. Some. It's to target the black males, the black male masculinity, because they know what we're capable of. And, you know, they got to, in order to keep us down, they got to do that. But so, I'm so I glad you opened yeah. the door on conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question for y'all, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, on the same page of, like, the agenda and everything, or, or just the whole, you know, LGBT things coming up. Y'all remember like all the rumors about like uh, when Magic Johnson got HIV, there were these rumors that, you know, a lot of them parties and stuff that they go to, they kind of like was swinging all over the place, you know, yeah. fucking with whoever. You know what I'm saying? So do you think that like a lot of them niggas was like always gay? And like now they just trying to make it more acceptable because like a lot, like I said, it's always been rumors that a lot of them was doing some of that stuff anyway, but because it wasn't acceptable, we just ain't never hear about it. And that's why like the magic getting HIV was so big. Oh, okay. I can start. I'll let y'all go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind. I'll take the first one. Yeah, I'll let Mo Chris go first, then I, I'll tag in. And I'm going right. Yeah. First, all right. It always been gay people, especially in the when we talking about high society elite. Far as the black community, back in time, we have no evidence of homosexuality until we got into the enslavement and the rest is history. Now we speed up in time. We always had gay black people, you know, especially in the early 1900s. We talking about Langston Hughes and all that other stuff like that. But they were. They fall alongside blacks and civil rights or whatever. Now, your your people that's in power, your elitist group, they always had certain, how can I explain it? They was always like into homosexuality. They was always into 
certain practices, etc., whatever. And so now when when we see our, our entertainers or people that get money, they in these society, they mingling with these group of people. And so now we looking from the bottom up and like, oh, could we only see the facade? And so it's like, dang, how can this basketball player be gay or whatever? That's why I like when people speak up about what they seeing, like Cat Williams, when he was talking about the uh, Hollywood parties and things like that. We know that certain black uh, actors, what they got to go through just to like for fame and stuff, it's all coming out now. This is the reason why Harvey Weinstein is in court and stuff like that now, because they taking advantage of the people that's trying to get money, trying to get hungry or whatever. So that's why it's a, it seemed like it's a mystery. It's like, oh my God, they doing that because we only looking at the facade. But it's, it's really that the people that's controlling the money are into these practices and we mingling in with them. So that's just my opinion, my take or whatever. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say, uh, except for the fact that like uh, Mo Chris was saying that, you know, like, you know, when we get passionate about something, speaking of, when I'm saying passionate, we, I'm talking about the black community. When we get passionate about something or something we actually want to pursue. We, I mean, I, I feel like we're willing to do anything to, to a certain degree without compromising ourselves. But it, it comes to a point in time where, you know, like say like in uh, when you, when you get up there to that level, it's like, Hey, you want this big role or Hey, you want to, you know, you want to do this. You want to have all these commercials. You want to have all this fame. I need you to bend over. And that's actually something that's been prevalent in a mm -hmm. big Hollywood is like, in order to make it, you need to bend over. And they might not like it the first couple of times, but then after a while, you know, it's just, but like I said, they drugged up anyway. So you're probably not feeling that anyways. They just get caught up in the, caught up in a mess. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like that's a huge, a huge advantage that the, that like the leaders have over us is the fact that you know they got the token you know like the they got the golden ticket like the willy wonka chocolate factory you want to get in this yeah. chocolate factory yeah take this golden ticket but hey i just dropped it on the ground go and pick it up when you pick that shit up yeah you know what's about to happen you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so you know so so i'm glad i could round this out so <laughs> <laughs> first of all first of all I'm, I'm, I'm so glad y'all all kind of in agreement on it because I really do think Mo Chris, was, he was locked in on it, man. He, he hit on so many things. AP, you really kind of took it to that next level with the uh, stuff. Because, I mean, we go back in history and we kind of look at what AP was kind of talking about, the, the elitism and the um, uh, those that have holding that over and drawing more into it. So you see that with, like, the Greek philosophers and stuff like that and, mm -hmm. and those that was, was holding the power of um of society basically in the palm of their hand and then they would take these young protégés and you know they had to bend them over because that was part of their part of their custom part of their their lifestyle and you know I'm going to take this from a real personal standpoint this probably might not be a a, a liked opinion but I'm going to say the bulk of what we see in now and the power that we see in being wielded by a, a big part of the community out there is simply, and I'm gonna say simply, it's in large part a retaliation. Mm -hmm. Because for the first time, you got a large group of Caucasians being treated like niggas, and they did not like being treated that way. And they was like, damn this minority shit. We finna get our way out of this, and we know how. And that's why you see them wielding their power the way they do. They economically, set themselves up in a position to fight back and they're doing it and to them it's not a matter of um oh we are alone in this is the white men and the white women and this that are being disenfranchised and treated like minorities no it's to them it's oh okay we're gonna take advantage of this title minority they're gonna treat us like this we don't like it but here's how we fight back and we got the formula and hey, it's you know and you know what goes on, what's happening right now, going on what you say, Andre? Mm -hmm. That Jesse Smollett situation. I remember commenting about this. I said, we need to pay attention to this case because yeah. it's going to lead to some... And sure enough, he got indicted. Mm -hmm. And he... Y'all keep watching, keep watching, keep watching, keep watching, keep watching, keep watching. 
So guys, we're back. We're here for the landing. We had a awesome, awesome interview today with Dr. J from What's the Remedy Podcast. Yeah. So, we, <laughs> yeah, we just go to summarize it up real quick. I'm not going to hold much. I'm going to let these guys have the floor uh, or the mics. <laughs> but anyway, hey, I learned a lot tonight. It's so much that I don't know about this mental health issue. This issue is so deep that it's still a lot to uncover. And I know we probably couldn't do it tonight within an hour or so. But, yeah, man, I know we can have you back, Dr. J, if you don't mind. Yes, you sir. know, and if, so, and and this is fun. So, but anyway, y'all can go have the floor. What y'all got? Go ahead, Dr. J. You go first, bro. Uh, no, I, I was going to say, I, I appreciate having the conversation. Um, like, like, Mo Chris said uh, it's a lot to cover in this in the mental health conversation. I like that we got to get into homosexuality and kids and all of that because there's a lot of stuff that's just going on that you know really needs to be discussed and everybody's got to be able to be open about it so that we can have those conversations. And I'd love to just continue to come back or and, and just have conversations with people to because we're all gonna have different mindsets about a lot of things, but the conversation has to happen in order for that, you know, those thoughts can be put out because they're floating around anyway. It's good to have it amongst, you know, ourselves, especially in our community. And I, I always want to push mental health. It's it's not as bad as you think it is, or as a lot of people think it is. Um, seek it out, explore it. It ain't gonna do nothing but help you. If it don't fit, then it don't fit. That's all I can say. Hey, hey, and my last question, Dr. J, just uh, for anybody out there, for any of our listeners that's out there and they've never. Uh, exposed, been, been exposed to, to even the concept of mental health or anything like that, what's a resource you would recommend them go to to just learn what is mental health and, and how can they start to take that step, uh, like you mentioned, that self-assessment to say, what is my current mental health? Um, I always say reach out. Uh, if they go to psychologytoday.com, they have a lot of articles and resources but they also have a directory of health professionals in your area. So you can look them up for me. And I, because it's our community, I always say look for the black counselors and therapists in your area because it's better to talk to us about things that we understand. So if you look those things up, look for the black therapists on psychologytoday.com or wherever you can find them. Yeah. Man, I just want to. Thank again, my boy, Dr. J, getting up on our podcast. Me and Jeremy go back, way back. <laughs> I consider this dude my brother, man. We got a whole bunch of stories that'll be for another podcast. But, man, like I said, I appreciate what you're doing, man. I'm proud of you, dog. Keep doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? You got to, got to, somebody got to try to mold the future of our children, man. You know what I'm saying? Somebody got to step up. And like I said, I just appreciate what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. And hopefully, you know, get you back on the podcast and maybe we might get on yours as well. You know what I'm saying? Just to share knowledge and, you know, drop gems. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, so we're, uh, leave them where we can find you, man. Um, where we can reach, uh, where we can find your podcast and all that. All right. What's the Remedy Podcast? Anywhere where you find podcasts. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, all of them. Anywhere where you can find podcasts, we on there. Uh, email us what's the remedy podcast at gmail.com ig on instagram with what's the Rem at what's the remedy podcast twitter at what's the remedy you know facebook we we post our episodes on there as well the video as well so y'all can see what we do and our discussion we try to cover as much of this as we can including transsexuals sex we, we've covered everything having to do with our community and mental health yeah man and you gotta invite us to the you don't check out a Facebook group. What's the remedy Facebook group? Yeah, and a group me. I just haven't been active on it, but we got a group me where we have discussions on there as well. Oh, uh, yeah, add, man. Add me, man. Yeah, I see. Yeah, add me on there so we could chop it up. But, <clears throat> well, guys, that's it. But, um, thank you for listening to uh, Kim Trails Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on all our platforms too, as well at Kim Trails Podcast or email at Kim Trails Podcast at gmail.com. Visit the website at chemtrails.mn.co and we out.
Are you looking for financial security? We all are. I'm Trader Dre, and whether you're a new or a veteran investor, join us at TraderDre.com, where you can get the latest information on the markets and the news and understanding of how you can empower yourself to trade better for the future. What up, what up? It's your boy AP. Make sure you follow us at Chemtrails Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hit us up. Once again, that's Chemtrails Podcast at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peace out. Get your voice heard at www.chemtrails.mn.co. Join the community. Thank you.